pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live here, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse before the Cavaliers and the Pistons tonight at 7 o'clock on WHBC. Thanks again to the radio voice of the Cavaliers, Tim Alcorn, for joining us in person. Always enjoy talking uh, with Tootsie. Uh, Great stuff from him. But we also want to keep up with what's happening in Columbus, and that is Ohio State football, not basketball. We may not even ask Steve Hellwagon about uh, the basketball team. Yeah, we'll stay away from the hoops team because the football team, even though they haven't won a game uh, in a while, they are winning off the field to make their team better for next season. NIL money, whatever that uh, amount is, they're spending it. Got a new athletic director, new president, Ryan Day, still the head football coach. And uh, some of the new guys spoke with members of the media this week. And joining us to talk all about that, we go to the hotline, bring in the outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter from Bucknuts.com, Steve Hellwagon. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? Well, we're uh, getting ready for some Cavalier basketball in person tonight, but like I said, we don't want to uh, stop talking about the Buckeyes offseason because it's been an outstanding one for the football program as far as uh, acquiring talent and keeping talent. And, Steve, some of the new guys spoke with you guys this week. Share with our listeners out there what some of the, the new players coming through the transfer portal had to say about why they picked Ohio State. Yeah, we had a chance uh, yesterday morning. Uh, they were able to get uh, five of the transfer players uh, were able to meet with us and conduct some interviews and got to talk with Will Howard, the quarterback from Kansas State, as well as Seth McLaughlin, the uh, offensive lineman from Alabama, Caleb Downs from Alabama as well, to safety. Uh, Will Kazmarek, a tight end from Ohio University. He had real interesting stories from St. Louis, Missouri, and attended the same high school as uh, Jalen Pace, who's a walk-on on the Ohio State team. And, of course, his dad is Orlando Pace, former All-American and All-Pro, right. you know, the team out of Ohio State. And they're, they're reunited now. But uh, I asked him, I said, well, why, why is the St. Louis guy going to Ohio University? What happened with that? And he said, well, it was the only school that offered me. And now here he is a year and a half into his college football career, going from one offer, Ohio University, to now coming to Ohio State, where he's going to be in the running to start at tight end for the Buckeyes this coming year. So give that kid a lot of credit. Uh, it, hey, if you're any good, they'll find you. And uh, that's uh, certainly what uh, what happened with Ohio State and Will Kazmarek. And then there's one more guy, Quinshawn Judkins from Old Miss, the wow. running back. Uh, he came in and uh, – you know, it's interesting. He picked Ohio State before he knew Travion Henderson was coming back. That had been official. And Will Howard picked Ohio State before Bill O'Brien was hired. That wasn't official. And uh, yet, you know, the, the those situations changed a little bit after they made those announcements. Uh, but I think Will Howard certainly excited about the chance uh, to go to work this spring uh, with Bill O'Brien as his quarterback's coach and the offensive coordinator for the Buckeyes. Steve, do you think a kid like Kazmarek gets passed over simply because of the portal? You're not getting offers because, you know, maybe colleges are looking elsewhere. Maybe we're looking for a guy with a little bit more experience. Do you think that has anything to do with it? 
You know, it is fascinating uh, what's really happened. And, and Ohio State probably had, what, 15 guys go into the portal. I think a lot of them have found placements, but maybe some of them haven't. And so far, they've only taken six guys out of the portal. So it is kind of interesting. You know, they're at a net loss on the portal, and they're probably making that up with uh, high school guys that they ordinarily uh, maybe wouldn't have had the number of, particularly with all the guys coming back as juniors, you didn't have the usual three, four, five guys leaving early for the NFL uh, like you normally do in a year at Ohio State, you only had a, a handful of them. Uh, y- you know, Mayan Williams and uh, Mike Hall and uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. are the only three who left. So, uh, you know, that, that created a little bit of a backup in some regards, too. But, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting that the change in, uh, I think it has been a pushback, I think, on some high school uh, talent in some situations that why you know, prioritize a high school kid who can't really help you for a couple of years when you need immediate help, get into the portal and, and go find it. It's a new world, isn't it, Kenny? Absolutely. You know, Steve, I also want to ask you on the other side of this equation then. You hire a new athletic director, Ross Bjork, and we all know his past record and what he did and how much money he could raise when he was at A&M and probably some of his other stops. I know he doesn't take over as athletic director at Ohio State till July 1st, but how instrumental do you feel that he is, whether or not it's in the NIL deal or the transfer portal, of bringing some of this, let's just face it, a haul that's coming into the Ohio State football program? How responsible is Ross Bjork for bringing these guys in, if at all? Well, I think it's early. I mean, to... to say that i don't think he's been associated with ohio state till just a couple of weeks ago so but uh yeah i, I do think that uh, he's going to be very active in that nil space to do whatever they can as an institution whatever's legal uh to support uh the entities you know whoever the collectives are however it's going to go and I, I do think that over time that the rules are going to change to where it becomes more of an in-house thing and you become like a general manager where you've got x and uh, you got to go, you know, go 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 procure your talent with X, you know. So I think that uh, there's going to be a salary structure in place, and however you want to put it. I mean, I'm using terms that probably aren't going to be directly applicable, but in some regards, going to going to you know be similar to what we're going to look at. But yeah, I think he's 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 the guy that's going to take them forward, and I think that's what uh, what you need to be successful and compete in this new marketplace and and we can call it whatever we want to call it i guess but uh you know i just look at it that uh uh, you've got to be successful in in raising in raising those funds both for uh facilities for salaries and uh certainly i think it's going to be part of the part of the landscape going forward to to, in terms of, of getting talent to come and play at your school Steve Hellwagon is our guest, Bucknuts.com, outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter joining us, talking some football on uh, this edition of the Kenny and JT Show. And, Steve, I talked with somebody, and they mentioned this about Gene Smith. Gene did a phenomenal job in the time that he was there. The facilities were second to none, but this individual I talked to said Gene wasn't really in 
and doesn't like the NIL factor. And that hurt Ohio State, where other schools benefited from it in recent years. And this is the perfect time to replace him as athletic director because you have to buy in to the NIL factor. Had you heard anything along those lines? Well, I think that is uh, pretty sensible when you think about, you know, Gene's been in this a long time, uh, back to the late 80s or, or whatever, you know, been an athletic director over 30 years, and this has never been part of anything that he's ever had to deal with. So I think in his regard, it's one, his set ways, just just as a matter of fact, that, that he's never been involved in a model where uh, the athletes were paid. And I think that that, you know, however, again, however we want to describe it or call it, that's, that's what it is. So that's one. And two, I think it was part of the Big Ten as well. So I think the Big Ten said, let's let everybody else dip their toe into this and quote-unquote, break the rules and test the rules is probably the better way to put it. And then we will uh, allow our institutions to follow suit. You know, let, let somebody else be the first one down the path, basically. And we're seeing it's going sideways. Places like Tennessee and Michigan and, I don't know, uh, Michigan's not a good example, but Tennessee and some other places are getting uh, uh, dinged for stepping out of bounds in terms of NIL. And, right. uh, you know, I can't explain it. Again, I, I don't know the intricacies of every case, but what's legal, what's not legal, I don't think anybody had a firm grasp on it. I think that was the big stance to its schools was, hey, tread lightly on this. Don't get involved in this. Let it be third parties doing uh, 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 deals that, that hold water with your athletes, approve those and stay out of the rest of it and don't get involved. Don't fundraise for these collectives. And, you know, or I, and again, I don't even know what I'm honestly trying to tell you because I'm not part of that landscape to know exactly what they do. But, uh, you know, I think that the big 10, I think Gene kind of took his cue from that, that, Hey, we're going to let everybody else pay the players and, and we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, because it, to me, there's got to be money, you know, to keep all these kids here an extra year and to maybe get some of the transfers no in doubt. the portal as well. No uh, it just, no, I mean, that's no just, the, the, yeah, the landscape of, to, you know, today's game and the way it's growing. Steve, what about the expansion to 12 playoff teams? Uh, has there been a lot of talk uh, about that now? It, a lot of it's been, you know, NIL talk and transfer portal talk. But this coming season, we go from 4 to 12. How big of a deal is that, and is it to Ohio State's advantage that they've done that? Well, it's a huge, huge deal, obviously. You have three playoff teams currently, and as we all know, the viewership for those three games was through the roof. And now you're going to go to 11 playoff games, and I don't know that the first-round games and the quarterfinal games, which are the eight new games, four in each round, are going to attract the same kind of audience as, you know, two semifinal games in a championship. But there's going to be millions and millions of dollars coming in. Uh, it's going to flow from the networks uh, to the to the conferences that are going to administer the playoff, you know, the, the playoff entity, which yep. is basically owned, owned and controlled by the power four conferences with a little bit of help from Notre Dame and the group of five conferences. And then uh, it's going to trickle down to the schools. And I don't know how that revenue is going to be sh- 
shared. I presume the participants are going to get a good lion's share of that. But then, uh, you know, that's all going to trickle down. Those are all pennies from heaven. And Ohio yeah. State this past year had a $275 million budget. And this year, you're going to have the 12-team playoff. Plus, they're going to have eight home games for football. That's much more revenue as well. That figure could push $280, $290 million, and, uh, if not more. And it's just uh, crazy that in this model, they don't, they don't have the money to pay the players, which is total bunk. And uh, I think that's going to change as we go forward. Uh, there's going to be some type of revenue sharing involved. I mean, uh, you know, Big Ten – uh, with this new TV contract is going to be sharing $75 million a year alone just off of that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's big money, and uh, I think it's time for the athletes to start to cash in one way or the other. Steve, when they mentioned and they named Bill O'Brien the new offensive coordinator moving forward, do we expect any other changes in the coaching staff, offensive line coach? Have we even named a, a special teams coach yet? Well, uh, they had the special teams coach, Parker Fleming. He was not renewed. And uh, essentially that's that there is one position open, but I think Ryan Day could go in a different direction. Maybe he adds another defensive coach, somebody to help Larry Johnson with the defensive line, or Jim Knowles, possibly uh, James Laurinaitis, who's been a support staff person, could become the linebackers coach to help out Jim Knowles uh, with the linebackers. We, we don't know what direction that's going to go. I don't think they're going to hire somebody who will strictly be in charge of special teams. I think those duties may be split across the entire staff, which is how my experience has been with this back to the 90s that, you know, say the wide receivers coach has the punt return and the running backs coach has the kick return and the linebackers coach has the kick coverage and, the DB's coach has the punt coverage. You know, the guys who fill those units, you know, in lion's share of them are then coached in those units by their own position coach a lot of times. So that's that's how my experience has gone with this over the years and that OSU had their own special teams coordinator, and it didn't go well here these last two or three years with Parker Fleming, and some of it was him and some of it was them. You know, they it was just it just didn't pan out. So – I guess we're waiting to see what Ryan Day wants to do with that 10th spot. I think we'll have somebody in place before spring football starts in March, and uh, then, then we'll know more probably at that point. But not, not a firm idea from him yet on what direction he wants to go with that, uh, you know, that job. But, uh, yeah, the makeup of the staff, uh, it, you know, it, it's coming into to view, and, and certainly O'Brien's going to be in charge of the offense, and Knowles will be in charge of the defense. Steve, last thing, and I'll, I'll let you go here. We didn't want to talk about it, but I have to ask you one question about the basketball team. How hot is the seat that Chris Holtman is sitting on right now because they're losing? I saw uh, he was upset with the team, kind of pulled him away from the bench uh, last night in talking to them late in the game that maybe there was some, uh, you know, I, I don't know, everybody not on the same page or whatever it is. So uh, what about uh, Chris Holtman and the basketball program right now? Yeah, it's a messy situation. Uh, Gene Smith uh, was at the game with the new president, Ted Carter, and posted a picture of them in a luxury suite last night. There were about 10,000 people there. The weather here was, you know, terrible as it was up there. And, and uh, you know, people aren't going to go out on a Tuesday night, 35 degrees, and pouring down rain to slog through that to go watch a crappy team play. 
And so yeah. that was probably why the crowd number was what it was. And uh, obviously, Illinois is a pretty good team, and uh, they played really well. Ohio State uh, played about as well as they're capable of playing right now, but they just don't have enough to beat a really good team right now. So it was better than it was Saturday at Northwestern when it could have been argued that they gave up. They were down 35 points in the second half, and that's pretty ridiculous. So, uh, But at any rate, he posts that picture on uh, social media, and you can look it up. Ohio State AD Gene Smith, however his handle is on Twitter, and every comment under it was, you know, Gene, you did this. You know, you gave this yep. guy an extension. This coach has to go. The building sucks. You know, hopefully the president's taking notice of this. I mean, there was not one positive comment underneath of it. And if that doesn't get everybody's attention, including Ted Carter, then I don't know, you know, <laughs> other than a bullet between the eyes, I don't know. I don't know right. what it would be because it's just ugly situation right now. <clears throat> Steve, we always appreciate the time and the insight, the information. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk again down the road. Keep up the great work at bucknuts.com. All right, guys. Take care.